0: Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Industry Thought Leader podcast brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy. Stand out, be heard, become that influential voice in your industry. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and podcast strategist, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says you, that's you, you are the heart of your business and compassion based marketing, that is the way forward. Joining me on today's show is Donna Brown. Now, Donna is a business synergist and a speaker. She helps visionaries design and scale businesses that will impact millions. She's known for her understanding of trends. She leads leaders to a deeper understanding and application of the purpose and practice of their business. She's serving clients in diverse sectors. She helps leaders create better businesses for a better world. Now, on today's show, Donna's going to share how we can better understand the shift from fear-based marketing to compassion-based marketing. She's going to talk about those shifting paradigms in business and how we are called to use businesses to serve. And she's also going to talk about a different relationship with your business and what she calls heart clients. So
1: welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie, for having me. I'm really, really happy to be here. And, this and is I such. This stuff. Yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. This is such a a pertinent time, I think, for you mm-hmm. to share your message. Just give people a backstory. You are in Italy. You are the one of the first groups of people to be uh, put in total lockdown. Uh, and I think the message that you're going to be sharing today, you know, from fear based to compassion based marketing, is so so important because. Every single news channel, no matter where you are in the world today, is full of fear, full of doom and gloom.
1: And but before we dive in, how are you all going uh, there in in Italy? I mean, most of us are doing well. The the majority of the country is doing well. Unfortunately, you know, we do we are a big hotspot. We're the largest uh, around now, and those the healthcare workers are just amazing and you know it's it's really moving to see the, the lengths they'll go to to help people and they're putting themselves in in danger to to help others and so that part is there's this weird sort of duality of being at home and feeling sort of all safe and possibly bored some days and then these other people who are just working flat out and there's kind of almost nothing in between right yes. so it's a bit of a, yes. it's a very unusual experience and what I love about
0: what you're doing is you're not letting the circumstances stop you from sharing your message and I think it's so important for leaders who have a message and one that is you know inspiring but despite what's happening it's so important that we continue to share and drown out the negativity because there is always hope yes there is there is um you, you know real seriousness in this but i think you know when we lose hope as a global nation then um yeah. yeah that's important to to be mindful of that share a little bit about how you your journey into entrepreneurship just a snapshot it's always lovely to hear a bit of the journey of of our guests and then we'll dive
1: into today's topic okay uh i'll try and make it really really fast because a lot i mean i've i've been around a while so i've i've done quite a bit so I had a, a, an arts background. I was a musician, a classical musician, and I decided that I wanted to create something that was more sort of in the physical. So I moved to Italy almost four decades ago to work in fashion. And then I you know, became a designer in fashion and worked in as a designer for home textiles and the fashion coordinator and relaunched a whole brand, the uh, whole department store, the whole chain, the whole brand. Uh, and that was really interesting. And then I got kept getting asked to do all these strange things and, uh, you know, write a book or uh, do cookbooks or do editorial projects or do TV shows. And I could never really join the dots. And, you know, and I think everybody here is very familiar with the the anguish of creating an elevator pitch. And mm. um, I could never really define what I did. And so I had to start looking below the surface. And this was really helpful to me. To so see, because these things had nothing in common, apparently, the sectors, what was it that I was actually doing for people? And that led me to a bigger understanding of what uh, what you could be calling purpose is. And I feel that purpose, first of all, I feel that we are your purpose. And so that means, to me, uh, expressing yourself fully through and relating in relating in the world to the world in the way you naturally do and recognizing what that is and that is what people were paying for me paying for they were paying me to because i could see Sort of their the essence of their business. I could capture the essence of their business and what that market was asking for them at that point in time. And it didn't really matter what I applied that to because that was a very specific gift. It always you know made the clients very happy and generally made them a bucket of money. But it was really this ability to sort of put all those things together and read the situation. And uh, and so then that started making sense to me. I started looking sort of below the surface for other people as well for the for the in the entrepreneurial space. Um, we get so caught up on these definitions that are slightly more superficial, but it's, I think the real sort of juiciness is underneath when you can get to that, your natural way of relating to the world, your natural talents and, and combining all of your gifts and all of your experience into a sort of very one unique uh, model. And that, that becomes super interesting for me.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, uh, you know, as you're sharing your journey, I can certainly relate to that. And many, I'm sure, can who are listening and watching even the recording because we have had diverse expertise. And when we're able to pinpoint or have someone such as yourself help us to pinpoint how that can all fit together and how we can serve with uh, tapping into a lot of experience, the wealth and the depth and the breadth of, of experience and knowledge I think just adds adds to, to, you know, being able to support clients. But we need to get to the place where it's clear to us so that we can clearly communicate, which is, of course, what you're going to help uh, today. Let's talk about the shift that you see, and you may have been noticing this already, but now even more important to go from that mm. fear-based marketing to compassion-based marketing. So if someone's listening or watching and thinking, well, what do you mean? Let's define, just give a definition of what's fear-based, what's passion-based and then let's talk about why it's so important to focus more from a compassion-based marketing.
1: I'm a little bit direct and uh, because I feel it's it's also clear maybe to a lot of people that way but I've been talking about this for quite a while only now it's just become so topical and I think people are ready to receive it on a, a, on a wider scale, let's put it that way. So fear-based marketing just for people who are not sure is basically what everybody does or mm. 90, 90, 90 something percent of, of companies. It's to make you and anybody who's done any copywriting courses or who has been done anything about marketing, they will say, Go into the pain points of your ideal clients, and they're talking about their pain points. You kind of have to remind them of your pain points. You have to remind them of why they're unhappy, unfulfilled. So, sort of, this sort of thing of fear or anxiety or lack. And then you have to show them, you know, Valhalla afterwards, where everything is nice and golden and shiny. And in the middle, there's your product. And that's literally the way it is for everything, whether it's a car or cereal or, or, you know, entrepreneurial, you know, Mm -hmm. coaching or whatever it is. But that's basically you know, this is where you are, you know, your website's horrible. I'll come and I'll make it amazing. And you will have all the clients you want just because your website is transforming. So this, so what it does is, um, you know, you can definitely make people do things out of fear that Mm is proven. Like they've done all kinds of studies around that. And that's what most sales is also based on, right? All sales Mm -hmm. techniques are also based on this sort of making you feel that desire for that transformation. Therefore you say, yes, that's the push to say yes. It's never terribly sat well with me. Um, just as an individual, I guess. And Mm. what to me seems a little bit incongruent is when you try and make a person feel worse Mm. to then make them feel better. And if we were in a personal relationship, you would worry about that relationship. Yes. (laughs) It was like, okay. But so in, from that point of view, I feel that, that there's something about that that isn't, is playing, it's, It's really not necessary to do that. Mm. And in compassion-based marketing, it's not that you don't talk about the same things. It's because, Mm -hmm. of course, they have that problem because that is the problem that you're there to solve. So you're there to solve a problem that they have, right? Or fulfill a need. But you can come to them from a very different space of Mm. saying, you know, I I see you. I hear you. I know that I can help if you're interested. And you kind of let, you know, you extend your hand. It's like, here's my hand if you want to take my hand. I'll help you with this. And that's the, 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 the the points are the same, but the feeling and the language is different. Mm -hmm. And now people, people are so anxious and so afraid. I've seen nothing but people taking down months of of scheduled content, which is why I never schedule way too far ahead. Um, That's my official excuse, but they're taking (laughs) down content. They're taking, they're changing sales pages. They're changing because, Mm -hmm. and they say, Oh no, I can't, I don't feel I can offer this anymore. And it's mostly because of the languaging.
0: Totally understand. And you know, one as you're sharing that, one of the things that came to my mind, and I'd love you to to, to discuss this a bit because you might be seeing this with your clients, is that many, many service-based businesses are now offering a service and support, being a service to their clients because they themselves have walked the journey. Overcome the challenges, walk through, you know, all of those issues and have been able to solve that, come up with strategies so much so now that they can with all, with, with real, you know, authenticity and, and, and reality say, look, I've been there. I know what you were struggling with. And, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about helping you. So when you do it that way, you can tap into, as you said, because I've been there and I know that I would not want to be there again and here's how I can help you, rather than that real shock and horror. It's almost like, you know, those headlines that we see on the news and it's like a shocking headline that wants to have people kind of go like that. But you can tell the difference when there's real... Um, a caring sense, a compassion-based sense behind yeah. a message than just because it yeah. wants to shock
1: and awe. Yes? Yeah. And this, I, it's really this concept right now. And I posted about this today and I got a response out of the blue from somebody quite well-known who wrote me and said, that's exactly how I feel, is becoming yeah. a refuge for your clients. So becoming mm. that point of an anchor, this a place of refuge. I think that really describes that feeling very, very well. It's something very solid, very protective. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, in those other relationships, there's always a little, there can often enter a little bit of that, a, a little more transactional in some ways. Mm. And you can feel that things are, that, you know, they're only paying attention to you because you're, you're paying them. And if you pay them more, they'll pay more attention to you, that kind of thing. I think hopefully most of that is going to die with this because people with what's happening now, because I feel that, you know, people are not going to respond to that. They're just not. And which is a good thing because Mm -hmm. was that a really nice, was it a good thing to be doing in the first place? Just because Uh, it was successful, doesn't mean it was a great idea. So I feel that we're, I feel we're better than that. I feel that as human beings, we're better than that. And yeah, and right now, as a as a world, we're being mm-hmm. asked to um, in the same way the pandemic just sort of washes over everybody. Compassion washes over everybody in the same way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the and if you can see this immense desire for connection that people are having and reaching out and reading, you know, sonnets on uh, Shakespeare sonnets on Twitter or three, you know, Michelin star chefs cooking on you know IGTV and people holding. You know, sets of music and other places, and this desire to reach out and to truly connect with mm-hmm. other people, and this without all this other stuff that's going on, is is quite authentic and pure, and and we need to hold on to that in some way. And I feel that mm-hmm. that's the way to sort of. Uh, protect that and cultivate it
0: when you're talking about um, shifting paradigms of business and how we're called to use our businesses to serve as you're sharing some of those examples and and considering the the climate or the context of which you know at the moment the whole world is now faced with you know can significant mm-hmm. changes if not you know grieving because people that they know yeah. that, um you know near and dear to them have um yeah you know really suffered because of this, you know, we can serve by just sharing that that message, you know, one of hope, one of inspiration, one yeah. of support. Yeah. And I think that that's what you're saying, that not only in this situation, which is, is so paramount, but also moving forward, look at the way in which you're expressing yourself. So for someone who may um, have never really even thought about that, what are some of the things that you are saying to people to help them shift that thinking So, well how can i come up with some of that con- you know content that's going to be more compassion based rather than fear based what are some of the things some guidelines some steps some tactics just to help them start to shift that thinking
1: oh i have a ton so you asked a lot of things i'll try and get try and put them yes. all in order so shifting <laughs> paradigms in business uh, shifting paradigms in business to me especially for the, i'm especially addressing the entrepreneurial space but it's true also of larger corporations that we're being called to use business. Business is really a tool that is meant to support us. Because most of us, most of us are as solo entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs with small teams, have created this business from ourselves. So it's a it's ideally meant to support us. Otherwise, I mean otherwise we would have created something else. So first and foremost, to make a business sustainable, to make you feel happy and fulfilled and um like you're you're expanding and growing as a person your business has to have a structure and values and ethics and intention and motivation that is completely resonant with with who you are mm. and so that's why i always say that you are your first client and uh, your your business's most important client and you're also the heart of that business it's your heart it's really what are you called to do and this is you know in um uh, in sort of more formal business uh, context, this has been sort of something that we were—I'm—I'm I'm old enough to remember the days when that was told. It was completely taboo. It's actually really the most exciting way to build mm-hmm. something, and the, and those are the businesses and the brands. If you notice them and look at them, especially if it's an individual who's become quite well known, you know, as the, as the as the head of their company and their brand, that those people who do sound is because what they do and they're coming are there. It's all very resonant. There is no Mm -hmm. disconnect. And so the more you can bring yourself into, into alignment with that, the better that is on the other side you have. uh, And I feel that once you understand that, what you need to do, then you can start looking for what we'll call your ideal client. Mm -hmm. So I feel that the step to the jump to ideal clients is uh, too quick. We're, we're looking, we move to something external and external validation and asking clients or doing research or something to ask us what we should be doing. But I feel that we should ask ourselves what we should be doing, and then validate with people who we feel are a qualified audience. It's not that you don't speak to people and you don't interview them and you don't gather information, but you have to understand who you're speaking to. Because if you're not speaking to the right people, then they can really throw you off course with business. And I I feel that that Mm -hmm. happens quite, you know, it happens a lot. i didn't answer all your questions no no i I loved what you
0: were sharing because um and and it's a huge conversation we could spend the entire day diving deep into this so for so for for certain um i love the way that you respond and i think that's so true i mean even now we see from corporate right through to solopreneurs being encouraged to identify what are your core values are you living them out And then once we're clear on that and how we, you know, the experience that we want to create, we can then find staff, team, contractors who have similar alignment. And studies have shown, I'm sure you've got, um, you can validate this too, that organisations who attract like-minded or have similar values, core values, that the organisation has, the team are far more productive, staff yes. morale just skyrockets. There's a whole different atmosphere and, and ideal customers and stakeholders can, can sense that because everyone's working for that one, you know, that one mission, one vision. And often the opposite happens if a company's not living out their core values uh, in their relationships. That's really what you're saying, aren't you? It's so important for businesses to understand if you're a solopreneur, right through that, if you've got multi teams all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that we're, we're going in the right direction or whether businesses across the spectrum, we're getting it right or there's a, there's a way to go?
1: Uh, there's there's a way to go for sure. But I think that, um, you know, when these things rise up, and as I said, I've, I'm somebody who's always read trends. So I was a little bit ahead of the trend for a while. But now this, you'll see that very quickly, this will become, um, you'll see that term used. I mean, I started it, but it will, it will spread just because it's so it's so what's needed right now. So you know? and it's really moving from Uh, you know, selling people things they desire to what do people actually need. We've also been on this quarantine of consumption right and uh, not being able to consume and not consuming all of a sudden we start maybe asking ourselves what do we really want to consume and I was going to just go back to your point about uh, leaders and leadership is the John Barrett's uh, leadership uh, values based leadership in uh, businesses that's it's really that work based all on that and really bringing teams to understand the values of the company and their own values so they can make values based judgment what's a- another interesting trend is that the, the, the Gen Xers and the millennials they will Vote with their dollar on your values, yes, much more than m- not so much on their emotions. Mm-hmm. And whereas our generation would be sort of overcome with the emotion of something and then purchase now, there, there it's and this is trickling up. It's trickling backwards, right? They will not buy from companies they do not believe in. If they don't believe that they're ethical, they will not spend their dollar there. They absolutely absolutely have to. And so this is calling people everywhere at all levels, no matter how your company is Mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, stand for something and then, you know, sort of walk the talk. Yeah.
0: And I love the way that you said that, you know, stand for something, because if your business stands for doesn't clarify that in yourself first and your team, so your company knows what that is and doesn't clearly communicate that consistently and you stand for nothing, you really are going to be drowning. You're just not going to make an impact. And it's interesting that you should say about um, businesses needing to be mindful about their core values because the the dollar, people will be making their decisions based on that. I remember, would have been a couple of years ago now, speaking to a millennial, she will not buy any makeup product if she knows that that company, in any shape or form, does testing on animals, she said she, it could be the best product that does the best thing for my skin. But if they go anywhere near animal testing, I'm I'm not touching that. And and that is, you know, was a really strong um, belief that she had core value. And that's yep. exactly what you're talking about. People will not invest even if you are deemed to be the best in the business and in your industry. So it's um, really, really important. And I think you need to be clear on it yourself, don't you? I mean, sometimes we have businesses, oh, we'll, we'll do this as, a, as an exercise. They identify their core values, and then it gets documented and put at the bottom of the drawer. But we're saying it needs to be lived out, doesn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as you were saying, I, there there are some very famous examples, and I don't know if it's appropriate to name names, but there was a very fashionable brand of clothes that once made declarations of who they felt should be wearing their clothes, they were they were dead in the water. Like oh, I, remember the, I can't water. remember
0: the name of the company, but it went I do, like but I, across I, the, the world, didn't it? Across I, all the different channels. Absolutely, yeah.
1: and people just said, this, this is not okay. And now the only people who you will see who wear that brand are people who are in their 50s or 60s. Yeah. And they maybe don't understand or they already have it. So they just wear it anyways. But the kids, it was just like, sorry, I'm out of here. And they would line up to buy things. Like before that, they would line up to buy at that store. And yeah. then it was like, no, you, you're dead to me. And there's yeah. no going back. And and I thought, what I find interesting is that I really believe that they are they are conditioning their parents. Like they're making their parents notice. Yes. That's not okay that you buy from these people. That's not okay. Why did you buy that from them? Do you know that they do this? And And so all yes. of a sudden, you know the older, like the generations a little bit further back are kind of going, oh, wow. And so it's it's a, it's a very mixed. I think it's almost like a sort of like uh, leopard spots, right? This sort of awakening as to this, this need for us to behave in a certain way. And what's happening now is really just, um, it's almost like a big reset for everybody. What we decide to create after this, uh, we can choose, right? We can choose to sort of scramble back to what we think we had before that we want or to say, okay maybe there's a lot of the things that we were doing before that we don't need and we're not necessarily that good for us, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I, am just really, I'm really hopeful that things are going to take a big shift right now because we've just had a big, you know, whack on the head. Haven't we? Mm -hmm. We've had a big wake up call. Yeah. A big wake up call. yeah
0: besides of course the the um, you know the families and 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 that that will be impacted yeah. I mean that's just terrible but that aside yeah. I mean if you think of now that we have put a pause on a lot of the, the manufacturing and you know industries have been you know really shaken I, I I absolutely understand that but you know just the other day my daughter showed me a video of someone in Venice. And they took a, a, um, a video of some of the canals, and the water was clear, and there were fishes swimming up, and there were, you know, dolphins apparently, and and ducks. And it's never been clear. I don't know. I haven't been to Venice before, but I don't think it's been clear for the, for, for many many years. And so we will take a step back. There. Do we really want to go? Let's do some shifts. Let's appreciate what nature because the nature does yeah. what she does best when it when it's allowed to it can heal and so as you say yeah make some decisions from more value-based to not yeah. only the, the the profit but how is it going to impact the environment, how is it going to impact us as a civilization, a global civilization? Because I think now Absolutely. we realize that a decision made in one country does not just affect that one country, it affects the Absolutely. entire world. And sometimes I think to myself, okay, we're different countries, but we do realize that we are all human beings. We are all, you know. Why do we treat one another so, you know, in some instances so terribly? When we're all in this, you know, we're all human. We're all in this uh, together. You know, it's not like you know aliens. I'm not getting in that topic, but what I'm saying is, we have to change our mindset and our thinking around how we are, you know, acting, how we're treating one another, and um, because yeah. it impacts, it impacts globally, yeah. and it starts with. Everyone individually, the business, the values and what you've been talking about. Let's talk about the different relationship in your business and what you call your heart client. What's a heart client?
1: A heart client is um, the level, sort of uh, a level below, the deeper than an ideal client. Ideal client, you can get, we've all done those avatar things and everybody generally feels uncomfortable. And they look at that and they kind of don't necessarily connect with this person, but why? Because those indicators are not necessarily indicators that are that terribly important. Mm. Um, And, you know, I know people do psychographics and demographics and I sort of call, I would go to soul graphics. So what is that deep need of yours that I'm fulfilling? Mm. So for example, a copywriter um, person, somebody who hires a copywriter, I am giving you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm giving you the 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 right and the power to speak for me. I'm saying, you know, this is I'm entrusting you with my message. And I'm saying, you know, so there has to be a deep level of trust, which is much beyond the no, like, and trusting. That's just to make the this like a, a sale. But this service part is I I can help you say the words that you can't say for yourself. And I'm I'm renouncing using my own voice and letting somebody else speak for me. That's a big thing. That's an, actually a very big thing. And so, when you understand, sort of, that's just one example. But with your heart clients, what I feel is that when you have this very you know, a deep awareness of who you are and how you naturally serve the world and, and what you want to accomplish and how you are sort of more in your zone of joy than a zone of genius, uh, mm-hmm. then the people that need your work. Uh, to be the best that they can be, those are your heart clients. It's much Mm -hmm. deeper. Those are those those magical clients. So Mm -hmm. ideal clients, you can get a lot of those. But these other magical clients where you're just so happy to be, they're happy to be in your sphere Mm -hmm. and you're happy to be in their sphere. It's a a much more a profound relationship I feel. And I also, and if you see what's going on now, people are looking for that. Like they're just bursting out of their houses onto their balconies and through the social media platforms, looking for that connection. I've had, I've had calls with people in, uh, in Singapore, in Australia, in Canada that, and you know, that I haven't spoken to in a couple of years. And all of a sudden it says, we need to talk. Yeah. It's like, Right, and and I feel that we're all moving to this, and and mm-hmm. when we can serve people from that deep space of, of honoring them, and mm-hmm. really coming from a place of service, that I feel a lot of people don't really understand what service mm-hmm. is, but mm-hmm. um, it's a very profound practice, right, to to show mm-hmm. up and with intention offer your very best work for that to that person so that they can be the very best they can be. That really removes all those head games. It's really coming from a, a heart space. It's removing a lot of your ego, And coming from where true connection happens. Yeah, and and so so those are the clients that I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about that is
0: that when you are working with a service provider or or someone who is providing their expertise and their support to help you, and they are of like mind, and as I said, it goes much deeper than that. It's such a win-win-win because. Yeah. You know, I think for many of us, and I'm sure for, for your crowd, you know, the people who you, your community and the people who listen, we're not in just doing this work because we're just doing this work. You know, we're entrepreneurs no. and business owners. We're really called to this. It's part of who we are. In fact, I say, you know, when you knit, when when you were being born, you were being shaped, and created, and every single situation, every challenge has developed in you the strength, the skill, the empathy, the compassion, and that has led you down the journey of who you are today and who you are to support and serve. And you wouldn't be doing it, you wouldn't be doing anything else, you know, for me. And and that's, I think, for a lot of service-based businesses. We're here because we feel that we have, um, yeah, just of call cool. we have there's a need and we're there to speak into and that's the level I think of what you're talking about with your heart client because together we know we're better and make a bigger impact in the world what would you say to someone who may not have even ever thought about that what where is the place for them to start thinking who then is my heart client because you said it is deeper than the psychographics and the you know the demographics
1: mm. I would start with yourself. As I said, we spend far too much time going immediately outside of ourselves when we try to establish what our brand is, whereas you are or you 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 are your business and and what you create even though your business is separate from you, it it has to stem from really the essence of the wellspring of your business is who you are. And that awareness alone when that connection to that will help you. And from that it's you're in a relationship with your business too. I also tell people this, that it's like, if it were a relationship, what relationship would you be having right now? And -hmm. what does your business want from you? You Yeah, what does your, what is your business asking of you? And it's really this moving sort of uh, putting together all these pieces of understanding first who, first who you are Mm -hmm. and what your business wants of you. And then you say, okay, that being true, and you're sort of feeling, you can feel your way through it. Doesn't you have to have cut and dried answers, and you don't have to say, "Oh, I'm going to have a program that's this long and that long." It's, this is mm-hmm. way before that. Before way before you get to that, then you start asking clients on a very deep level what they desire from you. And I do have a process that I take people through to mm-hmm. do this, but you can start, but really start with yourself first, and 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 anything that you can do to. Um, I'm, you know, one of my gifts is to weave together all the threads of things, but, mm-hmm. and I know it can be challenging for some people, but when you feel like you're playing, I don't mean playing full out, it's, but you're really allowing all parts of you to be used. Mm-hmm. What would that feel like? What would excite you? And, yeah. and, and people say, don't build things and hope they will come. It's like, no, but you should know what you want to build. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you should kind of know yourself yeah. and then you need, and then yes, you can have conversations with who you feel would be the ideal person. And then they are the people who need to receive that. Your heart client is the person who needs to receive that. Mm -hmm. Then you can start looking for those people, not doing sort of random quizzes and all that stuff, um, and ask them then what they need from you. You can sort of refine things at that point, but you have to know really, really well, this is Mm -hmm. what I have to offer. And the people who can recognize that and work with that, and know that, for example, through having a deeper connection with themselves and their business and their clients, their business mm-hmm. will grow so much more easily and so yeah. much more quickly. Yeah, and it's really a question of what I call like deep branding. If you think about it, that's it's it's branding, but it's on a very very deep level that's mm. rarely addressed.
0: What I love about that too is that um, you know, as you are recognizing some of, and I called them just recently, we working with some of the clients because you know we've we've had many different. Um, experiences and many areas in, in our life that we can share as an insight you know share as a learning that we've learned a hindsight's a wonderful teacher but that can support our clients because it's speaking into what they're struggling with and often that can give them a shift in their their thinking and, and paradigm too and one of the things just to, to, to you know help clients just to get a bit of you know clarity sometimes you need some practical steps I said look back over your journey and identify the significant milestones. They're markers that when woven together can then allow you to take that journey because if you're not able to kind of see and look this doesn't won't just happen overnight. I mean yeah. I'm 50 what am I now 53 this year and, and I'm still working it out you know the, the, but it, it gets there and when you get it a little bit clearer and then a little bit clearer and, and it will and I love the way I think it was um Steve Jobs said, you're able to join the dots when you look behind you, when you look back. Yeah, yeah, Where are the yes. significant things? What made the most impactful? And you know, those significant milestones are mark and the markers are often what you can weave together and then be able to put that together in a beautiful story that when you share, people will go, Oh my goodness, that's me. That's me. I've I, exactly. I can resonate with that, you know, such yeah. a deep uh, when i bring
1: yeah. these when i work with clients and i bring a vision to them of what i see for them we do sort of some deep work at the beginning and then i also sort of bring as because i've always worked mostly as a consultant so i come with my ideas like i i bring that all together and come with an idea and they always say that's so me but it never mm. occurred to me right because mm. we all have our blind spots that's the other thing yeah. so to people who are kind of struggling for this one of the things I would suggest is going back through your past experiences. I call it mining for gold and mm-hmm. see the part, because if you had a job for a long time or you t- took a certification, there was a part of you that wanted to do that, that needed mm-hmm. to do that. So what is the essence of that thing, skill or job experience that you had that now can be brought into sort of in a different format. It might not look exactly the same, but the, the things that you learn can be brought into play in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also, and that brings me to another thing. People are always talking about super niching, which is very important. But I also feel that if you do this work really well, you create your own super niche. Mm -hmm. Yeah
0: yeah and the people who will resonate with your message will resonate because it's so yeah. clear it's so consistent and it's as you said that's and I love the term because I've, I've used it it's the invisible thread that's very intentional because you intentionally uh incorporated that into your message but often people don't actually see it but they resonate with it it's hard often to define but but it, it just it connects as you said to this to this to the soul to their spirit because they are, they, are um, they they resonate and they're looking for um, support in that area which I loved our conversation today thank you so very much Donna how can people connect with you what's the best way for them to reach out to find out more
1: Ah, oh, they can go to donnabrown.com or they can write me at donna at donna Brown and I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And I know you're super organized and we'll find a way to sprinkle contact somewhere, somehow. Yes. <laughs> and good. I'm always, I love, and I love talking to people and discovering new things and making new connections. So feel free to reach out and, you know, know there's, you know, just, just to connect. I'm always happy. To yeah. To understand new realities and work with other people, and yeah. thank you so much for having me, Anne Marie.
0: Oh, you are so welcome. As I said when I reached out to you, Donna, I, I think we have, um, we just came from what's that saying where you, um, well, we're just aligned, you know, a lot, lot of what I see you sharing, and then I think, gee, that's just. I just so understand that because it's so important to me too, which is so important because, you know, when you get like-minded people together, it's kind of like that's that, that's the sort of person that I want to share her and his message as well, which is why I love um, that you've come today and shared that. Please reach out to Donna. Uh, of course, you can connect with her here on uh, the platforms if you are watching live or watching the recording. And if you're listening to, um to yeah, the recording later, later stage, of course, Donna Brown is probably a good way to start so thanks once again for coming on the
1: show oh thank you so much emory it was a pleasure
0: you've been listening to industry thought leader podcast brought to you by industry thought leader academy stand out be heard influence want to stand out be heard and become an influential voice in your industry access our free five-day money marketing and mindset boost masterclass go to www.industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass that's industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass (laughs)